0: Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We welcome this day as we're celebrating our Independence Day, 4th of July. You know, John Adams wrote his wife a letter saying, I believe that this shall be celebrated by every generation as an anniversary festival. And it will be a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. Through parades, shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, fireworks. It will come from this time forevermore. And you know, a lot of times we think Fourth of July, we think of holiday. But it's supposed to be a memorial of where this nation was birthed and the freedom that we have. And one of the things I want to share with you quickly. In Hebrews. I'm sorry, I passed it up. Hebrews chapter 2, 1 and 3. It talks here about it is crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we have heard so we don't drift off. How many of you know it is so easy to drift off from the truth? But as I was praying even for America, even, how many of you know even that which seems to drift off can come back? Have you ever drifted away from God but yet you've come back? Some of you, many of you, most of us here today, we drifted off but we came back. You came back and this nation could come back. It says here, we can let things drift. If the old message delivered by angels was valid and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can risk neglecting the the latest message, this magnificent salvation? First of all, it was delivered in person by the master, then accurately passed on by those who heard it from him. All the while, God has validated it but gifts through the Holy Spirit, all sorts of sign miracles as he saw fit. You know, the danger we have to be careful of in so many areas is that we don't let things drift away, slip, and lose the importance in our lives. What I want to share with you today was here in Luke chapter 22, verse 7. Now, the day of the Passover, say with me, Passover. Passover. This is really two different words. They put it together as one, but I'm going to share the history of it. The Passover celebration arrived. And when the Passover lamb was killed and eaten with unleavened bread. I want to share with you today as many times we think of communion. And we, we can be mindless of that which has so much importance to us. We can be mindless about the freedom, the independence we have in this nation. I was speaking to a young man the other day about the difference between this nation and other nations we've lived in. Spending 18 years in third world countries Where here we have so many things that just flow and and it's so much easier. And, you know, he was telling me, he worked at a funeral home, and he was telling me about going pick up a body and how they're so polite and they they do it to try to uh, give the family comfort and the family doesn't have to see everything. And I shared, you know, in Argentina, I had a man in my church that a bus ran over his four-year-old boy. And he had to get the shovel and scoop the brains of his boy's head off the road himself, put it in a bag, and bring its child to the morgue. They, didn't, they don't embalm there. The different things that they, they themselves, the family themselves have to take their dead loved one and dress it and put it in the coffin themselves. There's nobody to do that for them. The things that you see in these countries that we here take everything so much for granted. Hot water. More than half the people in third world countries did not bathe with hot water this morning. Some are not able to eat today. Many of them don't even have a car, and they feel blessed that they have a bike. It's so easy to become hardened, and it's so easy to forget about the blessings and the things we do have and we do share. And what I want to share with you about communion today was Passover was Israel's Independence Day. Jesus was not in Jerusalem having communion about himself only. He was going all the way back as it had been his custom as a child and all of Israel for thousands of years to celebrate day of independence from Egypt and Pharaoh. He was celebrating the independence and the freedom. That's something that we've got to think about. It meant about going into a new dimension of revelation. And this is how they took their independence day. Get ready for this. We can't forget this because this is our forefathers heart right here. Passover meant the day that God personally intervened and got on man's side and delivered them from that which held them captive for 450 years. God got on their side. How many of you know, time and time again, God was on our forefathers' side delivering us from the biggest army and navy of the world at that time. God is still on our side if we'll return and seek him. But what Passover was about was God interacting with his people. Passover means I will pass over. It means to jump over something. I am passing over so that you, listen to this, this is what it says in the Hebrew. I am passing over so that you, my people, can pass over. Now there's something interesting here about the hearts of the fathers returning to the children. It uses the same word in Hebrew. As God got on the level of his children to help them pass over while the enemy held them captive, the Lord says, I want to send a revival and heal the land if the father's heart will be concerned for their children to help them leap over, jump over, pass over the things that's trying to destroy them. There is a leaping over of the Red Sea. There's a leaping over of the trials of the enemy. So don't you ever give up and quit on your children and believe. You just keep praying that God gives you anointed ideas and wisdom on how to intervene and how to minister. And that's why we pray for our youth ministers and our ministry. That's why we pray for the children's ministry, that there will be an anointing come upon the families and the hearts of the fathers will look back into the hearts of the children to be able to help them. Look, I see what you're going through. And instead of just fussing about what I see, I'm going to pray that God gives me a word that I'm going to be able to give you a word and just like God intervened with people who were in slavery for 450 years and God never gave up on them and they never gave up upon their God and that I'm going to go ahead and believe God that God is going to give me a word of the spirit it's going to be a timely word it's going to be an anointed word it's going to be a godly word it's going to be a word from heaven that just like God came down and rescued his people child you're going to come out of that filth and that horn that's been trying to bring you down and just like the children of Israel went out from under the blood you're going to go out from under the blood and you're going to walk into freedom once again in Jesus name how many people could say amen amen, amen. <laughs> to pass over it also says that they shall go that night under the protection of God but that word in the Hebrews the word protections it's a continued covering Every day, And as they came up against enemies and hardships, the covering of God, when there was no water, when there was no food, when there were enemies surrounded all around, the covering of God continued day by day to be their covering and watch over them. It speaks of protection because they lived through the life of the blood. We can't ever lose sight of our freedom that Jesus gave us. I want to read here in Exodus 12, 2 through 7. It says, this month shall be your beginning of months shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. I'm sorry. I jumped there. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house, take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Now, look at this. Your lamb, every lamb in the Old Testament pointed towards Jesus. Your lamb, my lamb, was without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doors. Post and on the lintel of the houses where they eat applying the blood of Jesus Jesus was celebrating independence day from Egypt, Pharaoh and the world and the reason they put the blood on the outside of the door is because judgment is for those outside but mercy is for those inside the blood was on the outside of the door your home you cover those doors. You anoint your house with oil. You plead the blood of Jesus over the doorpost over your home because in your home there's mercy, there's love, there's forgiveness, there's not judgment. Amen. Amen. It goes on to say in verse 12, "For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both men and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. Judgment is on those outside of the blood. I am the Lord." Verse 13, now the blood shall be a sign for you in the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So look what verse 14 says. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all your generations. Now, there's something very interesting here in the Hebrew. Get ready for this. It says, while you are under the covering of the blood upon the doorpost, you have the freedom and the vision to live in total freedom from all the power of the oppressor. They knew this about Passover. Even though I am still in Egypt physically, that blood tells me that I am going to go out from under the covering of the blood and that I can dream about freedom. And I can dream about deliverance. And it's going to have to come to pass because I obeyed the memorial of God by putting the blood on, over the doorpost of my, of my home. As long as we apply and we believe in the precious blood of Jesus Christ, no matter what's going on outside, we know in our homes and in our lives that there is a covering that will keep us and watch over us. And we can dream of total freedom in God. They're taught at Passover night that the blood speaks. The blood covers and protects us. We must celebrate it for never to lose the sight of freedom and deliverance through the blood of our lamb. The word atonement, the day of atonement, means to cover. The high priest would go and put the blood of the animals upon the altar, not to counsel the sin, just to cover the sin. But Jesus came and he took the sin and he washed it all away as we were singing today. Now, there's something very important here. Peter rebuked Jesus for wanting to go to Jerusalem. Listen now. Listen, this is something very important. This is where we lose sight. The Passover had to begin with a pilgrimage. It had to begin with everybody, every male child especially, had to make a pilgrimage back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. What you and I have to constantly remind ourselves is not just seeking what's coming in the future. But we hardly ever, we do not go enough back to the cross and remember the day we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How many times do we go back and we think of the day we accepted Christ in our hearts as Lord and Savior? Passover started with a pilgrimage. One thing I remembered about my dad all my life, as far back as I can remember, he would tell the story of how he hated my aunt, Diane, At 12 years old, they went to the little church out there in the country. and He would row down the window because he didn't even want to breathe the air that she breathed. He hated her so much. And he would put dead snakes in her bed. I mean, he, he would do everything to try to make her life miserable. She was the piano player at church, and he was on the back row, and he was just as hard and couldn't wait till church was over. And he saw all of a sudden... He would sit so nobody could see him. And all of a sudden, it seems like everybody just moved out in front of him. And he saw my aunt behind the piano playing. And Jesus called his name. And he says, no, I'm not doing this. And at that moment, my aunt was looking right at him. And she put her head down and she started praying. And as she prayed, God moved upon my dad's heart. And my dad went ahead and came down and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I just got in touch with a lady named Mona, found out she lives in Hawaii. Her and I were baptized in 1969 on a Wednesday night at the same time. I remember when I was just a week from being six years old, I was in the First Baptist Church there in Evangeline. And I remember I was sitting with some friends and we were in the back and we were, we were talking. In fact, one of, one of the buddies there, he, he did something he shouldn't have done. And I don't even know what the preacher preached on, but when he gave the altar call, I felt something I'd never felt before. Almost six years old. And he gave the altar call, and I went to get up three times and I'd sit back down, get up, sit back down. And finally I just busted out crying. I ran up front and I grabbed the preacher and he he, he prayed for me through led me through the prayer of salvation. And then he started asking, Why are you crying? Are you hurting? And he sent me in the back with my dad because I was crying so hard. And my dad said, Son, what's wrong with you? I said, Daddy, all I want is Jesus. And, you know, so many times we can get caught up in, I want a prophetic word. I want something to tell me about what I'm supposed to do. How often do you go back to the cross where Jesus impacted you? Because if you keep going back to the day you got impacted, you will be impacted for the rest of your life. No matter what happens in the future, your greatest day came when you accepted Christ. And that just sets you up for greater days to come. But the greatest day was when I got Jesus Christ into my heart as Lord and Savior. We can never forget about that moment, how what we felt, what we experienced. Because it's in that experience that you can tell the world, I know that it's real. I know that it's real. You know, I visited Independence Hall and I saw the tables and the chairs where they were signed the Constitution. I went to Betsy Ross's house where she made the flag. I've been to all these different places where it's memorials set up to where these things got into motion. But you have a memorial when you accepted Christ. And he said 250 times, it says in the Bible, do this in memory of me. Our memory connects us to what we value, both past, present, and future. Do this in remembrance of me. The word remembrance means A flash of understanding will be enlightened every time you allow your memory to go back to that which impacted you. A flash. A flash. A flash of understanding gets enlightened. It means a reminder of celebration. A token. A keepsake. Something that is so important that I'm not going to let it go the day that Jesus gave his life for me. Amen. Listen, if you have Jesus, you have everything. If you, don't have, if you have everything else and you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Jesus is everything. I want you to see here. It says, likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Romans 17, 11 says that the life is in the blood. You know, what's interesting is that I was reading a book from a doctor, and he said some things that was interesting. He says, the immune system has amazing memory. The white blood cells memorizes even the shape shape of that which is not supposed to be in your body. The white blood cells recognize the shape of that which is forbidden in your body. So you know what this doctor calls blood? Wise blood. Our blood has wisdom. The blood of Jesus is wise blood, because He was a spotless lamb that never messed up or sinned. It's wise blood. It says in Hebrews 4:15. it says, "We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weaknesses and testing, experienced it all, but not the sin. Amen. He didn't sin. He has wise blood. Is the blood of an overcomer. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame by what? By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Revelation 7, verse 13 says, Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said, Sir, I, know, I don't know. You know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and wash their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. And they shall never hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them in the living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away their tears. Amen. You know, one of the things that impressed me when I was a little boy, I still remember, maybe y'all used to see the old uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. And and I remember this one where they had put Sherlock Holmes on a table, and they put a vein, uh, a, a, a tube in his vein, and they were draining his blood. And he was becoming pale. And the only way they were able to save him was they had to put blood back into him. You know, how many of you have ever had, anybody here has had a transfusion? Anybody here has been saved with blood? How many of you know that you will never forget not only the blood, but the donor of the blood? Because of that donor, I was able to have life. Because of a donor, he allowed a needle to puncture his vein, get into his own life flow. And give me back life that I could have lost. 2,000 years ago. Jesus allowed man to puncture his veins. He allowed man to get into his life flow. And let me share something with you. He didn't only shed his blood. He shared his blood with us. You and I. When we were born again, received a blood transfusion. He shared the living blood that didn't only give us life, it gave us eternal life. And in his blood is wisdom and power and covering and immunity. From all that the world and devil and hell would try to bring against us to destroy us. My Passover lamb shed. And shared his blood with me. He allowed his blood to be taken so that it could be put into me. And wash me. And cleanse me. And build me up. And make me. And cover me. And the day that I received Jesus was my independence day. That I received a transfusion. And I am not the same that was born from my mother. I've been born again through the very blood and the life source of Jesus Christ. To live this life here on this earth. Not as somebody who is weak. But somebody who is strong. Somebody who is strong who's an overcomer because the blood transfusion is the blood of an overcomer. The blood transfusion is the blood of someone who was victorious and never failed. The innocent spotless blood of the Lamb of God was given so that I could receive life and life abundantly, life victoriously and life as an overcomer. His blood made me a new creation that I don't have to be submitted to the elements of this world. I don't have to be submitted to the old things because the blood of Jesus has memory and the blood that was in Jesus is the blood that covers me and it has the memory that everything that would want to come against me and hold me down and destroyed me. He has already loosed me from it when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Can I hear an amen? amen. You can never forget the donor. You might have seen a movie. I've seen movies where someone received a heart transplant and all their life they go around rubbing that scar and wondering, Who gave me this heart? Who were they? How did they die? And you know what you see in these movies? They always go, I'm not allowed to, but if I could find out who the owner was and who their family are, I would just love to be able to thank their family. That their child gave me another chance at life. I would love to be able to thank them that their child donated their kidney, the lungs, the heart. They donated these things so that I could continue life. I want to find the family and I want to thank them. Two thousand years ago, the Lamb of God donated his blood for you.
1: And every
0: day we need to walk around and for all the blessings And for knowing that we have been delivered from hell and death and destruction. And we know that we have been given eternal life. And we've been given dependence and and freedom. We need to just stir up. And Lord, I want to thank you for giving your son, donating your son for me that I may have life. Let me read the scripture to you. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from an empty life. You inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious life blood. He he paid for you with the precious life blood of Christ's life blood. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began and now in these final days was sent to the earth for all to see and he did this for you through Christ you have come to trust in God and because God raised Christ from the dead to give him great glory your faith and hope can be placed confidently in God now you can have sincere love for each other as brothers and sisters because you you were cleansed from your sins when you accepted the truth of the good news, when I received a transfusion from God. First Peter 1, 18 and 22, it says, your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness. Somebody say with me, deep consciousness. I hear so many people say, pastor, I wanna go deeper. Go in a deeper consciousness of what Christ has freed you from. The value of the blood that we so many times take for granted. It says a deep consciousness of God. Look what it says. It cost God plenty to get you out of the dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished, sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it was only lately, at the end of the ages, became public knowledge, God always knew what he was going to do for you. God always knew what he was going to do for you. It's because of this sacrificed Messiah, whom God then raised from the dead and glorified, that you trust God and you know that you have a future in God and that you and that you're clean up your lives by following the truth. Love one another as if your life depends upon it. Amen? Today, as we get ready to take communion, and uh, did everyone receive the communion today? I did not, if I could have one. We want to get ready to have communion. I want your heads to be bowed and your eyes closed, because on this day of celebration, we, we want to remember, thank you, my brother, We want to remember and take a pilgrimage. I want you to go back in time. The day or the night that you accepted Jesus. I want you just to close your eyes and just bow your head and think about. And be thankful for the lifestyle. The curse that God delivered you from. Just go back to that moment. Where you were at that time. How you were living When you surrender to Jesus, how can we neglect such a greatest salvation? The message of the blood. Even as Jesus went back to Jerusalem, he says, I've got to celebrate Passover because what my people believed through the blood of that sacrificed little lamb was pointing towards me to be the sacrificial lamb to save and to immune my new people, this new covenant ratified in my blood to an eternal life. As we take of this today, let's just remember and thank him for the covering that we have over our lives, our minds, the power of that blood to wash and cleanse us from all sin, to renew our strength, to make us whole, to heal and to bless us, to help us to love as we've been loved. Just go back and think of that moment that you said, Jesus, come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. That is the most precious time. Jesus, Savior of my soul. On this day of deliverance, Independence Day, We come together as a body that has been washed in the blood and purified through the blood of our Lamb, Jesus Christ. Father, we are thankful this day that you sent your Son. That you already planned before the foundation of this world. That you were going to give your Son as an offering. That he was going to shed and share his blood with us. That you paid the price for us to be free. Today, we want to thank you for freedom. And that night, the Lord, He took the bread. He said, this is my body. It's been prepared from the beginning of the world. It's been prepared to take on the curse. It's been prepared to receive the punishment, the guilt, and the shame that was supposed to be yours. I have this body to take all the wrath that should have been yours upon myself. I will endure the cross so that you can spend eternity with me. I endured the cross so that all your sins could be forgiven and wiped away. I endured all the mockings and the scourging so that you can be free. So today we thank you, Father, if we break the bread and we take it in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. the precious cup the precious cup it's a cup of deliverance a cup of freedom it's to remind us of the new covenant it's to remind us of all the promises of God it's to remind us how valuable and how precious you are to God that he sent his son This cup represents the price of heaven. The ransom for your life. The freedom for your life. As you hold this cup and you get ready to take it. Think of the sacrifice, as many talk of the sacrifice that our forefathers paid for us to have this freedom in this nation. Think of the sacrifice that Christ paid to have you forever in heaven. To give you that white robe to stand before His presence and worship Him forever. Father, we are eternally grateful for the price that you paid by giving us your Son. And allowing Him to become our sacrifice, our Lamb. That we could be covered and we could live a life that is totally different from the old way. We could have a life filled with Christ, to be Christ-like. As we take this cup, we thank you Father, all our sins are forgiven, that we are free, that we are delivered, we thank you that we are born again, we are called children of you Father, and we thank you for this precious cup, that you you shared it with your disciples, and you said this is my blood, that is shed for the forgiveness, the payment, and the remission of all your sins, in honor of you Lord Jesus. We partake of the cup. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Would you stand, please? The blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. He who receives me receives life. Life that I now have, I live. Through Jesus Christ and His blood that has given me life. We praise you. With your heads bowed one more time and your eyes closed, let me ask you this most important question. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're here today on this day of independence. have you've not totally surrendered to Christ. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about fulfilling rituals. I'm talking about really having a life transformed and changed. If you walk the aisle and you shook the preacher's hand and you have your name in a row book. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're born again unless you've had a true experience and you've accepted christ and you've cried out to him to forgive you of your sins and you've had a change of life a transformation of life you may need to come up here today it's not about being good it's about being born again so with people right now with your eyes closed your head is bowed and christians are praying If you're here today and you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand? Anyone at all? Just raise your hand real high so we can see it. Just raise your hand up. Anybody at all? You know you need to get your life over, give your life to Him right now. You know it's great that we're getting ready to celebrate Independence Day, but I tell you what, if you give your life to Jesus today, all the angels and the elders are going to celebrate that you've been born again. There's going to be a party in heaven better than any party here on earth. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, if you're not sure of your forgiveness of sins, if you're here today and you don't know whether you'd go to heaven or hell, right now is the moment. This is an important moment in your life. This can be a memorial day for you. This could be a moment where you could come to know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. If that's you here today, please, anyone, raise your hand. I want to give my life to Christ. Just raise your hand right there where you are. Receive Him. Anyone at all. Lord Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father. I thank you. For your gift to me. The life of your son. Jesus. I invite you. Into my heart. To be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins, sins. wash me and purge me me. in your precious blood. blood. I accept you as my sacrificial lamb. I thank you, Father, Father, that I am saved. I am am born again, again. that my name name. is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Life. And I decree today, I I am am a child child of God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. How many are glad you're saved? Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved.
1: Oh, hallelujah.
0: You know, every day I thank God I'm American, but oh, more than that, I thank God I am born again. And I'm saved. I'm a child of God, filled with His Spirit. So I bless you. I want to invite everybody stick around. We're going to have a good time. But we love you. We bless you. And don't forget Tuesday night intercession. Wednesday night, the book of Romans. And then next Sunday, we'll be back here again. Love you. God bless you. Let's celebrate. Have a great day. Be safe. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah.